Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges for modern parenting. Check out this week's episode. Uh, I think he just tried to eat the paper. Well, we'll write in a rule about no paper eating. Get dressed. Come on. Grandma wants a picture. Why? Because she wants to have a picture of us looking nice. Why? Because it looks nice to look nice. Why? Here on this table, this this nice family table, food will be served tonight. The The taste will be great, and we'll talk about our days, and all of us will have a good time. All right. The Struggle is Real podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. Okay, so uh, welcome back, everyone. Can't wait to hear more on that. Welcome to the new episode of The Struggle is Real. My name is Omar Ramos, along with... Veronica Avila, and of course, our resident expert... Dr. Alicia Laos. Welcome, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Great to be with you guys again. So check this out. Today we have a topic that I'm sure we'll be able to learn from. It's called Establishing Rules... Avoiding the drama. Ooh. And joining our conversation is Gunnery Sergeant from the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve, Arturo Padilla, who is also a child welfare specialist at DCFS. He's married to his high school sweetheart, Elizabeth, a nurse also in the U.S. Army Reserves, and who also, each of them, have 19 and 20 years of military service, and together they have three teenage kids. And as he stated, the struggle is real. Welcome, Arturo. Thank you for having me. Uh, Thank you so much for your service, by the way. Here's the icebreaker, so listen up. Were rules a big thing in your upbringing during your childhood? And most importantly, did you follow them? So I'm going to go ahead and toss that question to Dr. Alicia Laos. I don't know that my parents had a bunch of strict rules. I just remember growing up and having fun and playing. Really? Um, I think there were rules that were not articulated. Mm -hmm. There were just some things we knew that we couldn't do. Wow. But we were a household of six, and there was always a lot of people in our house. And kids were always there, and we were always just running around and playing like crazy. And so that's the memory I have. And then very strict rules, like you got to go to sleep at this time or this, like that, that you come. I remember them here in the United States. I don't remember them <laughs> earlier than, than that. So I'm not sure. I'm sure yeah. they were there. It but. seemed like when I was growing up, there was a rule for everything. I had to be home at a certain time. I couldn't go over to the next door neighbor's house and play video games. Mm-hmm. And be careful that you do not follow the rules because, whoa, did you aye, get aye, it? Aye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. I know we got it as well. Uh, if we didn't follow the rules, the problem was my dad never articulated the rules either. Mm-hmm. I, and I remember one specific time where he was my dad was really upset. And he was like, well, there's rules in this house. And if you don't respect the rules, then you can get out of here. Dad. And I said, hmm, OK, but what are the rules? Because you haven't really <laughs> told us what the rules are. So, yes, just like like you said, Dr. Alicia. I guess they were expected. Yeah. My mom did kind of said something, but they were not like, okay, Explicit, this yeah. is what we do. Right. We, we get home before 10 or, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. They were just, you follow the rules. Whatever my dad said went. And if I didn't know what he <gasps> I meant. I remember then... a rule. We had to clean on Saturday morning. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming back before, to you now. Yes, yes. It took a while. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> my sister Karina and I also had to wash dishes or clean the bathroom. Every other week. So I guess that was a rule. Wow. Arturo, you were going to say something? Yeah, I feel like culturally we we have unwritten rules that mm-hmm. we have to follow, especially as uh, Mexican growing up, uh, Mexican-Americans. We're so used to that structure that our parents have set for us, Like mm-hmm. um, especially if we're very religious or we're Catholic. So we know that Sunday is church day. <laughs> yes. that, and, and don't be anywhere else. Don't sleep over anyone's house on Saturday. Yep. Because Sunday, you're going to be at church with mom and dad. 
Yeah. That's right. And you know what? Right now that you're saying that, I've known Sergeant Arturo since we were children. And I remember that at your mom's house, you had to pray the rosary at 8 o'clock every day. It was 9, actually. But yeah. 9, yeah. <laughs> but I remember that, that was a rule that I, I, I never forgot because I thought that it was nice. But I used to feel like Cinderella, actually. If I wasn't in the door before 9 o'clock, I was going to turn into something black and blue. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So there you have it. So there you have it. So uh, listen up, everyone. We're going to go ahead and uh, start our first skit. This is called Family Constitution. Listen to this. Okay, are you ready? On the count of three. One, One two, two, three. three. <laughs> okay, Oliver. This is your home. See these walls? They're your walls. The backyard is your backyard. The windows are yours. It's all yours. But the rules are are ours. We've set down our own boundaries within these boundaries. I believe you have the document, Senator. I thought you had it. <laughs> no, it's you. Oh, right. Oh, here. Hold on. Can, here, can you hold the baby? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's see. <clears throat> Article 1, Section 1. Use the bathroom. Yes, we know that you're going to want to use your diaper for a while, but when the time is right, hopefully sooner rather than later, will ask you to use the bathroom. Please. Uh, oh. oh, hey, no, no, hey, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that's not, I, I think he just tried to eat the paper. Well, we'll write in a rule about no paper eating. <clears throat> Article one, section two. The windows are your friend. No jumping out of the windows, it's just going to make us nervous. I know it's only two stories, but I fell out of a window as a kid. It's a long story. Don't do it. It's not fun. Just respect our wishes. That sounded like agreement, right? That sounded like agreement. Ooh, get to the one about- Okay, okay, I have one other one first. Article 2, Section 2. Don't brush too hard. It's bad for your enamel and can end up hurting your gums. Just take care of your teeth in general. I, I know this set is only going to last you a little while, but you should build a good habit for both. I had a cousin who never lost his baby teeth. Is that true? No, but I heard it from somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that kind of leads into the real section I was going to read. Do the honors. Well... We'll get to the part about no writing on certain walls and always holding the door for people. This is probably the most important one. Article 5, Section 2. Love is shown and not just said. And we are going to love you no matter what rules you follow. Though we're kind of hoping you do follow most of them. Especially the one about no face tattoos. <laughs> oh, we're going to love you no matter what. And we are going to show you every day if we can. Every day. Notes in your lunchbox. Care packages at college. Oh, welcome home, Oliver. Welcome home, son. Okay, so we're back, and uh, that was a phenomenal way, very cute way of establishing the rules. We heard a uh, married couple, Benson and Rebecca, laying out the rules for baby Oliver. Obviously, it was maybe a little <coughs> exaggerated, yet important. Doctor, what is the best way for parents to set rules in a clear manner? Obviously, there were family bonding time. Mm -hmm. They were just kind of practicing mm -hmm. already how maybe they're going to communicate with their baby. Is this a good thing to do? It's good to be explicit to say what it is you would like to see in your children. One of the things that we think about rules, we think of negatives. Don't jump out the window. Mm -hmm. Don't write on the walls. Don't hit your sister. So automatically we think of don't. Now, the best way 
to get a child to break a rule is say exactly what you don't want them to do. So if you mm-hmm. say, don't jump on the window, what are they going to do? Jump out jump the window. Out the window. <laughs> um, there's something about no that creates in us a sense of curiosity. curiosity and instead, we want to push forward. So as parents, when we do establish the rules, the rule of thumb is to say what you want them to do instead. What's mm-hmm. the behavior that you expect of them? I'd like for you to be in bed in your pajamas and in bed by 7 p.m. So you're establishing what you want them to do instead of the don't. The don't. And so if you if you have those, you know, whether you talk to them or you whether you write them somewhere, that makes it clear for everybody to know. It provides boundaries and a sense of safety for kids when you provide some parameters around that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like everything, if you overdo it, it's very stifling. It can be very exhausting. You want kids to have freedom to play. Mm-hmm. But it's important to have some structure around their day. It gives you sanity. And it gives them a sense of control over their, their life. And that's pretty important. Yes. And you mentioned something really important. Experts say that rules are needed for kids to flourish. Can you expand more a little bit on that, doctor? Yeah. Again, kids don't flourish when there's chaos. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't flourish when there's chaos. <laughs> Neither when, do I. Neither does. do I. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you feel unsettled. <laughs> yeah. You feel uncomfortable. You don't know what to expect. And so having some norms and something that is predictable and that you can count on gives you a sense of sanity in life. Yes. The so same thing for kids when they know what to expect, that in the morning, you know, breakfast is around so-and-so time. That gives them that when they come home from school, there's a snack or no snack. You know, there's just a sense of predictability about that. Stretch. And it gives you a sense of safety. And so then when you have that cushion, mm-hmm. um, then you are able to flourish because you can then focus on what you need to focus. And that's what rules provide. They provide that safety net. Yes, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Now, Sergeant Arturo, rules obviously change as the kids grow. How have you and your wife set rules for your kids throughout the years? Early on, I, f- I feel like from what I remember, it was kind of hit or miss, especially uh, as new parents. You kind of start and you don't know exactly what to do or where to go, but you know that their safety is important and you want to make sure that they're okay. And you want to wrap them in bubble wrap to make sure they don't <laughs> bump their head around the corner or something. But... I guess we just kind of went along as as it came. Everything, sometimes we don't really plan ahead for those kind of things, and we end up being surprised by a lot. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of how we took things at first. Now they're older, it's a little bit more different. We can actually agree to disagree, or we can take time outside of our day away from the children to talk about the decisions that we want to make with them and kind of come to an agreement, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. It makes total sense. <clears throat> now, Dr. Alicia, how important is it that parents talk about and agree on rules before talking with the kids? Mm-hmm. What if they don't agree? How does that affect the kids or the parents? How can you come to common ground, maybe? Yeah, it's so important. I know it's really easy because most of the time we marry someone that's going to be completely different than us, which mm-hmm. means that they're going to have a different parenting style, mm-hmm. which means one of you will probably be more strict and the other one will be maybe just more loose or however you want to call it, just mm-hmm. more flexible. In my case, my kids will come to me, I want candy. Uh, sure. And my husband's more strict. He's with them all day <laughs> and he knows what candy does to them, right? <laughs> then they're in the weekend and I look at their cute little face and I want to give in. So they'll come to me first with something to try to get away with whatever. And if I'm not in the same wavelength as my husband, I may go ahead and give in. And maybe that was something that he established as a rule. Mm-hmm. And then it creates, you know, then the kids know how to manipulate, right? Um, yeah. They'll they'll go to one parent and they try to put one parent against another and mm. pinpoint. I mean, kids, you know, they pick it up. Mm-hmm. They're very savvy. Uh, so 
when we see a parent impose a rule, unless it's abusive and unless it's kind of crazy and all out there, let's just support the other parent while we're there. And then outside of that context, have an opportunity to have a conversation. It's very hard to do. I mean, I know it's happened in my own household mm-hmm. where I'll be like, I don't know that I agree with that concept or tactic or what, you know, what have you. And I might want to at the moment engage in a disagreeing thing with my husband, but that then creates a situation where the kids pick up on it. Yeah. And then, the, you know, they'll use that and just think about it as adolescents. It then creates a situation where husband and wife then are fighting later because, you know, you basically disqualified the opinion of another and it's invalidating and you just create all this drama. Mm-hmm. So just avoided by your lip unless it's awful right and then you of course it is a parent going to intervene you know something very abusive you know of course you want to but for the most part it's just an opinion mm-hmm. about whether or not they should wear that shirt or not you know something that you can kind of manage and then later have a conversation about it and you'll be better off if you do that come to terms and come to an agreement it's hard to do because as parents, I said, will have different points of view. And then of course, the same scenario would go for parents that are divorced as well, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> they go to one house, they have a set of rules. They go yeah. to the other house, and they yeah. have another set of rules. Yeah, that's a situation that I've had with with my daughter. You know, she lives with her mom, and her mom has her set of rules over there. And then when she comes with me, it's like she wants to impose those rules with me, and like she wants to get away with certain things. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah. So, but good stuff. Thank you for easing that for me. No, yeah, now we I have, have something to. to implement in my own life. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Now, Sergeant Arturo, you and your family have been traveling uh, as a military family. You've been traveling. Does that has that affected the way you do rules at home? And then, what disagreements, if any, have you um, had with your wife in regards to these rules? I don't think that traveling has really much part in how we've established the rules. We have traveled a lot. We moved to California originally. We spent uh, some time there, like three or four years, and then we were able to move back here, which was good because we almost had like a break from family. We were able to establish our household and not have that influence that you get from grandma or from from the aunt or, Mm -hmm. you know, and... And so that's important, I think, that you don't have too many hands in the cookie jar, mm-hmm. so to say. <laughs> because Differentiate, yeah. Right. You need yeah. to have that establishment set forth so that everyone kind of gets on the same page and you have your own thing. As I know in, in our culture, it's so, I guess, important and it's part of us to have everyone at all these events and and birthdays are huge and baptisms Mm -hmm. and and quinceañeras and and, you know so it it, family becomes a big part of it so it was unique for me to establish that early on start my family uh, just me my wife and my child and then any other families that were nearby were just neighbors and so yeah we had a lot of good alone time which I think was really important that's on a very important point for many families out there where the extended family also wants to impose, impose rules. their rules. Yeah. What, what happens then, doctor? Oh, yeah. For example, you'll have the in-law, you think of the suegra, the, the mother, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that somehow lives with them and uh-huh. has one way and one perspective and says, no, 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 you have to do it this way. And, you know, the mom has a different perspective and then the you know, the sun. I mean, everybody has a different idea and it starts getting very convoluted. Mm-hmm. And so, again, why a husband and wife in this case need to be on the same page 
and let everybody know this is how we're doing it. I know you have a good idea and a good opinion and we want to respect that and honor this and this worked well for you. But in our case, it's going to be this. And it takes a lot of courage mm-hmm. to stand up and have that conversation. But it needs to be done. There you go. So don't be afraid to tell your mom or your mother-in-law. Yeah. Thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> this is how we do things in our home. Right, that's yeah. a great sure. point. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. but if if uh, if I want to keep getting tamales on Christmas, I'm not sure that that's the route I'm going to take. <laughs> you got to choose your battles very well. Very, very All right, yeah, good yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, uh, guess what, guys? We have our next skit. This is called the Weising. Okay, Grace, we got to head to dinner. Put your shoes and dress shirt on. Why? You know why? Why? Because you have to wear shoes, and you have to look nice. Why? Come on, you can't play video games all day. Why? Because I said so. Now get your shoes on and meet me in the car. Can we go get some candy on the way? No. Why? Because I said so. Why? Because candy's bad for your teeth. But these are my baby teeth. Why should I worry about them? You know why they're important. Why? Because they're like a starter set. Their practice teeth? Well, maybe I do better next time. And maybe you won't. Why? Because you didn't learn how to handle it the first time. Get dressed. Come on. Grandma wants a picture. Why? Because she wants to have a picture of us looking nice. Why? Because it looks nice to look nice. Why? It's good to be organized. Why? Because then you feel less stressed. Why? <sighs> Get dressed. I need you to listen to me when I say to do something. Why? Because I'm your mom. Why? Why am I your mom? Because I made you. No. Why do I have to listen to you just because you're my mom? Because I'm older than you. I'm six and a half. That's pretty old. <laughs> It's not old enough. You don't have to listen to your mom. Why? Because I'm in charge of getting you to adulthood. And one day you can do whatever you see fit, but you're going to see what works best for me teaching you. Why? Because I've learned what's worse, and I'm helping you to avoid that. Oh, okay. Mom, how old are you? Why? <laughs> But why? Okay, so we're back, and that was uh, Mommy Betty and her six-year-old daughter, Grace. I uh, want to congratulate Betty for being so patient. <laughs> With the never-ending question of why, I believe many parents can relate to this. Mm-hmm. Why to everything? Betty was also in a rush and answering quickly, but little Grace wasn't really grasping the answers. Dr. Alicia, obviously it's important to make sure that the kids actually understand them, right? Yeah, you know, parents, thank you so much for being so patient with your kids and taking the time to answer their questions. I feel like I was like this. I was told I was like this. And my sisters, I grew up in a big household with five other siblings and they would get so exasperated they would send me to my dad and my dad would take the time to sit there and answer you know why is the sky blue and things like that but I do remember <laughs> asking him questions and I had a couple people him and my uncle and they would just send him because you know they would get exhausted answering the questions but I think as parents we have to look at our kids and look at their curiosity mm-hmm. you know they're curious about the world and they're truly trying to understand it it comes across as if they were trying to annoy us and aggravate us mm-hmm. 
precisely when you're in a rush and busy. And so that's really not their intent, I promise. Their intent is really that they are curious and they're puzzled and they're confused and they don't understand things and they want to make sense of them. So if we don't have the time at that moment, a tactic might be to say, those are some good questions. How about I answer them later when we come back from home? You know, mm-hmm. And they'll forget and they'll have a new set of questions for you then. But I think it's important to take the time and actually encourage their curiosity. Think about adolescents and they don't want to give you any information and they Mm -hmm. know everything. And it's the opposite. So here's an opportunity for us to really encourage their curiosity and and take them in that path. But you can't do it right then and that time. Recognize it and say, we're in a hurry right now. Those are some good questions. I can't answer them right now. Mm -hmm. And so you establish some limits and boundaries. Why don't we have a good conversation later? So sometimes it's asking questions, too, because they have a sense of need of your time. They want your time. And, and your attention. And most your definitely. attention. And so maybe you can just scope out that later when you do have a little bit more time. You know, now that you're saying that, I'm thinking if you do that at an early age, it's probably going to help you have a better connection mm-hmm. with your child once they grow. Because once they get into that teenage years, they, they don't want to know anything about you. So hopefully you've established that connection so they can ask the questions, right? It and th- reminds me of all those, excuse me, of all those memes that you see on Facebook where the kids are asking you all the time, come play with me, mom, mm-hmm. come play with me, dad. And they do it over and over again. And you're like, no, I'm too busy. No, later. No. And then they're an adolescent and you're the one like, come talk to me. And they're like, no. No, it's true. <laughs> so, it's true. And then it hurts. They're like, what? What do you mean you don't want to come home with me? Why? Right? This, this is so funny. Really quick. Yesterday, I went to my daughter's game. She's a cheerleader for her school. And they had a basketball game. And I got there and I was so excited because I was there for the game. She did her whole cheer, bunch of girls with uh, the whole team, whatever. And I'm so excited. I'm like, hey, you know, the little girls came. I see them little. They're not so little. They're 13. And at the end of the game, I was like, okay, Mika, we can go home. Let's go. And she was like... Mom, I'm so happy you came. Um, I think I'm going to go with my friends on the bus. Can you just go pick me up at the school? And that was me asking, but why? (laughs) Why? So anyway, just want to encourage the parents that have little kids, answer the whys. Even if they get on your nerves, have the connection. And hopefully when they're teenagers, then you can, they'll be open. And yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll be available to talk with you about other things. Also, to Sergeant Arturo, when we're talking about teens, you've established rules. What if the parent is not following the same rule that you're asking the kids to do? What happens then? Are we sending mixed messages? It's important to for everyone to stay on the same page, like I said earlier. If you're going to establish a rule, you, you better follow it. And same thing goes for where we work in the military and mm-hmm. all that. <clears throat> it's important that you lead by example. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you can't just expect them to do something that you're not willing to do to begin with. Yeah. So I don't I don't expect them to skydive because I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I, I have a problem jumping out of very good plane. That's funny. We're on the same page. I'd never do that either. <clears throat> no. Oh, no, 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 no. Because you just never know when you become that one stat that everything went wrong. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and ask the uh, difficult question to Dr. Alicia because I know you have the right advice for us. Now, what happens or what is the best way to handle a situation where the kids do not follow the rules? In many households, sometimes things can get a little intense. There's spanking involved. There's punishments. There's, you know, send you to the room or send you to the corner. Time out. What is the correct way to kind of deal a situation where the kids are not obeying? Well, the first thing you need to do is get a hold of what you're feeling right now because, hey, as a parent, you know, those parents start listening can identify with the frustration and the blood that goes to your face when you get so irritated when you're 
children disobeying and they disobey knowing that they have to do A, B, C, or D. And you just get so flustered because, you know, in this case, perhaps they know very clearly what the rule is. Mm -hmm. You've told them, you've nagged at them for 700 times and you hope the 750th time that it will work. (laughs) (laughs) And you get all coiled up. And you're like, what? Nothing's working. What's going on? And it's really funny. You talked about the spanking. And it, a lot of us saw the movie Coco, you know, with the grandmother and mm-hmm. the sandals, you know, and they picked up on that, you know, and we make a lot of fun of it and how Latino families you get the chanclas and the sandals are thrown everywhere. You get this vision of a parent that's out of control. And so that tactic doesn't work very well, and we can get very exasperated pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So a couple of different strategies work. If you've got young kids, you could do something very objective. One of the things that I've done with them is is very simple. I I give them um, a jar full of cotton balls, Mm -hmm. and I say, okay, these are the rules. Brush your teeth, whatever, so and so time, you know, what they might be. And I say, when you don't do it, I'll just take a cotton ball out. And at the end of the week, if you have 17 cotton balls, we will do an activity that you want to do. And, you know, it's I don't pay him for it. I just give him, you know, we'll cook your favorite meal. You know, just something that an incentive, we, an incentive that is nothing that is tied to a monetary because I don't want to be tied to mm-hmm. that. And I just do it for a month or two to get them into the habit of it. Then I slowly just because, you know, we're not going to be into this token system of that's going to be eternal. But it gets everybody out of the nagging and screaming mode. And it gets you very easy. And they before you know it, everybody's cooperative because they want, you know, to spend time with you. It's amazing how much the incentive of time with you as a parent works. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go with you for two hours here, you know, play a board game with you for two hours. Oh, my God, that's an amazing incentive. You don't even have any, you don't even require any money. So if you got young kids, that works really well for them. I, I've done it for both of my kids and it gets them into that norm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you've got older kids, just make sure that you tie consequences mm-hmm. to what it is that they're doing. You know, if they painted the walls, you know, then you have them clean the walls. You know, So it's something that has to do with whatever they what did they wrong. What they did wrong. So sometimes we tie a consequence that is not, you know, doesn't make any sense with that rule. And so the first thing you want to do is do a checkup on your emotions and feelings because it's difficult for you as a parent to impose or figure out what to do when you're all over the map. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of do a self-check-in, go to your room, take a cold shower, come back, cool off so that you're not acting out and crazy, you know, the crazy monster. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets in Everybody's upset and then that's not helpful. To come up with a strategy, if you're seeing a pattern and you're getting exhausted, do something different. Like I said, the cotton ball idea and there's many out there. Download the app. We have ideas there of different types of things that you can do. <coughs> Three, if you've got an older kid or just come up with consequences, have Mm -hmm. a conversation, have a family night. So I'm really concerned because repeatedly we run into the situation of your room looking like, you know, this a dumpster. You know, these are the things that, you know, I value cleanliness and orderliness. You know, this is not helpful. Help us out here. What can we do? And you come up with a strategy as a family. You have like a business session, if you will, Hmm. where you together address the problem and you say, what would you like for me to do? I'm losing it. And you solicit their advice to solve the problem. So you start treating them a little bit more like a little adult in that sense. You kind of put the ownership of the problem on their on their shoulders and you have them come up with a solution. And then you say, OK, so your solution is A, B and C. I'm going to hold you accountable to that. Ah, I like that. Yeah. And so you kind of are joining in that effort and you're not working so hard. So one of the things that I do is when you're holding a problem like this, you identify whose problem is it? Is it my problem or is it their problem? It's their room. They need to clean it. I can go in there and clean it and solve the problem, but then the problem's going to re mm-hmm. resurface. So what you're doing in a family meeting is you're saying, this is basically your problem and you need to solve it. I and see. then I'm going to coach you and provide accountability to make that problem be solved. All right. Great advice. Wow, you've Thank got you. got this, doctor. You've got this. <laughs> 
<laughs> now let's go home and, and uh, apply, apply it. Yeah, in our lives. Yeah. No watch way. out, Eliani. <laughs> Doctor, can you come over? Eliani, if you're listening, watch out. <laughs> no, right? All right. Well, let's go into our third and final sketch. This is called The House Rules. Coming. Hi, Lucas. Greeting from Planet Nebulax. Greetings. Welcome to Earth. Bye, Mom. I can pull your shoes on our shoe rack here. The shoes on my feet? Yeah, we don't wear shoes in the house. Oh, okay. You have a really big house, Lucas. Thanks. Here's your house slippers. Wow, these are cool. They have your name on them. Yeah, so dinner is ready now. Let's eat, then we can work on our science project. Cool, I'm starving. Cool, we're eating outside. My parents are just finishing the grill. I was just grabbing the dinner stuff. Can you help me? Yeah, sure. I always have to set the table in my house, too. Well, here's the salad forks. Salad forks? Yeah, they're a little smaller than the regular forks. Ew. Here's the regular forks. Here's the knives. I can grab these napkins. Oh, we don't use those for dinner. We use these cloth ones. Oh, okay. Look in that cabinet and get the red and blue salt and pepper. It's Tuesday. You have a lot of salt and pepper shakers. We have one for each day of the week. How many do you have? Oh, hello, Trevor. Lucas didn't announce that you'd arrived. Oh, sorry, Mom. We always introduce a guest when we have people over. Right, I forgot. Well, write it down for the remember jar. Trevor, you did great in that game last week. Thanks, Mrs. McAtwee. Do I set this stuff on this table? No, the table in the dining room. Lucas will show you where the placemats are. Thanks for helping. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, Trevor, the forks go on the left. Oh, all right. The smaller forks go on the outside. Gotcha. And the napkins are like this, like a triangle shape. Ooh. I don't know how to make that. It's all right. I'm a pro at it. Hi, Trevor. Lucas, you didn't announce him. I know. I wrote a reminder for the jar. Well, let's eat while it's hot. Trevor, I'm, I'm afraid we we don't allow hats at the dinner table. Oh, I'd rather keep it on if that's all right. Uh, it's just our rule. We can hold it for you in a closet if you like. Okay. I guess so. I'll take that, and I'll get him his dinner jacket. Dinner jacket? You can just wear over that shirt. We always wear jackets to dinner. Here you go. Wow, this fits really well. We have a whole closet full of different sizes. I mean, I could have bought one if I knew. I wear one like this to church. Okay, so let's say grace. Oh, Trevor, we say grace while standing. Lucas, will you teach Trevor what we like to say before dinner? Oh, I made him a printout so he can follow along. Thanks, Lucas. Here on this table, this this nice family table, food will be served tonight. The taste will be great, and we'll talk about our days, and all of us will have a good time. All right. That's really nice. Hold on. Wait for this before you take your seat. That always makes me so hungry. Mm. Hold on, one more thing. Our guest tonight is Trevor Bothwick! Can I sit down now? Let's eat. Alrighty then, that was uh, quite interesting. Um, okay, so we heard Trevor, he went over to his friend Lucas's house for dinner, 
you know, they were going to work on a project, but first dinner. And obviously, Lucas's family has a very strict has very strict rules, announcements, and a very particular way of handling events and dinner with jackets and all. Mm-hmm. They have to stand to, to say grace, et cetera, et cetera. But then again, it's their home doctor, their rules. What could have happened if he didn't follow the rules? Would that have been rude? Or how do you handle a situation like that? Yeah, that's where the family took our advice too, too close to heart. You remember when we had the session the <laughs> yes. other day, the podcast yeah. that we did about family dinners? Mm-hmm. and how important it is and teaching children etiquette. This is great. It's just this this family took it overboard, right? And so it's like everything, everything you can do if you do it excessively, you know, you can go overboard. So that happens to us as parents sometimes. We, we get a hold of something new and we go over the top and, you know, that creates an oppressive environment, obviously. So we need to check in. Hey. You know, and I related to this a lot because, you know, grew up in California. Mm-hmm. I used to have these neighbors across the street that were Portuguese, and they had their way of having dinner. So when I was invited over, you know, over at my house, it was like, Amar, vete comer. You know, and we sat down, <laughs> and, you know, just everybody came, and we gobbled, and it, we would say grace, mm-hmm. you know, gracias Dios por la comida, la, 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 la. And we would attack, right? We were a little unorganized, per se, because, you know, I come from a farm working family. We were always hungry all the time because we worked so much. But when I would cross the street, it was like I was walking to a whole different universe. It was like you had to be super quiet. Everything was just like organized, the silverware, Mm -hmm. the plates, and you had to be quiet when you ate. It was it was crazy, and I just I remember they used to have all this like religious stuff hanging from the walls, and I'd be like scared eating at the same time. <laughs> but you know what? I want to ask Arturo, and this is something that I've had to deal with with my daughter, who's 11 years old, Eliani. Um, when she's asked, "Hey, can I go over to my friend's house?" What happens when your kids go to a house where there's no rules mm-hmm. and things are kind of kind of crazy, and there's no boundaries? Should we talk to her kids and say, "Hey, you know what?" I know you're going over your friend's house, and I know that mom doesn't live there. You know, the kids are with dad, and they're always on YouTube all the time. I mean, should we talk to our kids about taking our rules with them so they can kind of not get in trouble at somebody else's house? Right. I feel like at least having some conversation with them is important Mm -hmm. to let them know, okay, you're you're going somewhere else now. Mm -hmm. Things might not be exactly how they are when when we have dinner or how we act when we're at home. Yeah. But keep in mind some of our rules and pay attention to how they do and respect their rules because you're in someone else's house and you should make a best your best effort to follow their rules too. Yeah, because it's one of the things that worries me a lot and even and her mom even freaks out even more because she's like, oh my God, my daughter, she's going to the house and, and the mom doesn't live there and the dad is there and what if something happens and the little girl's always on YouTube and I don't know what they're watching. You talk to your daughter. And I'm like, okay, relax, you know, and then we have the conversation over the phone. And I think, like you just said, I think it's important to just say, hey, you know what? This is what I expect from you. Mm-hmm. And if you have, if you feel uncomfortable with anything, just text me or call me and then we'll talk about it and we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I've been so jaded because of clinical work and too many things that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So in our household, we just have the kids come over to our house. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's one <laughs> we way just, to handle it. That's, yeah. that's, that's what we're doing now, actually. Funny that you mentioned that. Yeah. We're inviting yeah. the kids to come over. 
where Eliani lives at her mom's house mm-hmm. versus her staying over. So we've just recently, sorry to interrupt, doctor, no, but yeah. we just recently established a rule where she can't spend the night anymore at anybody's house considering and granted all these weird things that are happening, especially with kids being abducted. We just live in a different age. <laughs> Can you notice that I'm freaking out? <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just, it, you know, it, it just happened too many times, unfortunately, and I've just seen it clinically so many, so many times, you know, mm. innocent type of things, and, and it's becoming such a debacle. I'm more strict. I agree with you, but I feel like culturally, yeah. ever since I can remember, like I said earlier, being in our families, it wasn't really allowed for us to sleep over. It was one of those things where they looked at you kind of crazy when you said, oh, you know, ma, you know, yeah. me that I am con or yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, <laughs> no. they'd be like, oh, no. You really, really mm. had to even cry so they would let you <clears throat> right. go. Yeah. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I feel like culturally we um we kind of are used to not having our kids go somewhere else. Yeah. But, but it's different it's, times, though, now. It is. I yeah. feel like it's more important for us to open up a little bit. And, yes, bad things do happen, but... We do need to prepare them for those things. Yeah, and say, of mm-hmm. When something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. Mm-hmm. And that's when you need to identify it and you need to get me on the yeah. phone or your mom or you need to say something to an adult, someone that's more responsible or responsible for that home so that you could get out of a yeah. possible bad situation. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Now that you're saying that, with my 13-year-old, the number one rule for her, she already knows it, I don't care who she sends to talk to me, I told her, we don't do sleepovers. You already know that we don't do sleepovers. Don't send your friend. There's don't tell her mom to call me. That we're gonna you're not going over. Don't about, bribe right? me anyway. No, you're not going. We don't do sleepovers. Not too long ago, she had a sleepover party at her friend's house. And I know this lady. I've known her for like a year now. And my daughter said something really, something that you just mentioned. She said, Mom, you know me and you've brought me up in a way that I'm responsible. I can take care of myself. If I know that I'm going to be in trouble or in danger, I'm going to call you. (laughs) And then she got like really emotional. And of course, at the end of the day, I I still know. I went to get her at 1130. I was like, no, you can stay late. I'll still come and get you. And I got her. I don't know. It's I don't do sleepovers, but I'm working on it. I don't know if I'm freaking out too early, doctor. Like I said, I, I, I hear, I think every parent has to decide for themselves what the situation is. Either way, like the good advice is being able to talk to them and let them know, you know, and have them be prepped. I just think that we live in an age where it's things are being exposed in different homes. You've got mm-hmm. pornography and you've got this and that and the other and that are outside of your control and how terrible it is. And too many things are happening left and right. And yeah. so it's just better. I think it just makes it easier for, in our case, to have a home where everybody can be welcome and they can all come to our house and we'll have snacks. And I don't mind <laughs> buying lots of snacks for everybody in open fridge <laughs> policy, but they're within our view where we don't have course, yeah. these kinds of things. Most definitely. Now, we've talked about rules in the home. Now, let's talk about relationships. How important is that we help our kids set boundaries in their relationships with other kids just the way they do in-house rules? Yeah, yeah. How important that is. That's huge. I mean, you've got dating violence, boundaries, just children not knowing boundaries in terms of physical as Mm -hmm. well as emotional and Mm -hmm. social and how important it is for for us to teach them everything. You've got young kids, privacy, you know, the door needs to be closed in the bathroom or something like that. Just very simple things like that with young kids to have them draw we do a figure of their body 
in you know this big piece of paper, and then we just talk about what is a boundary around their body and what parts can't something very objective that way. And as then as kids get older, we talk about what does this mean. And it's just really important for us to to explain that to them because if we don't do it, the rules are really enmeshed out there mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. There's just no you know things are very gray. Yes, especially now nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Thank you so much, Doctor. Um, it's been an amazing conversation. Anything you would like to just kind of close on, Doctor, before we say goodbye? I think establish rules and let's make sure that those rules are in the positive, what we would want them to do how we would love our kids to flourish. We'd like for them to be orderly. So we're going to have a rule that says in this household, we're going to be organized. And that means that when you come home, your shoes are going to be put away here and there. So be very specific about what you want them to do instead of what you don't want them to do. Mm-hmm. Do a check-in. So when you feel yourself exploding and you're becoming the incredible hawk, yeah. as a parent, <laughs> you need to kind of, you know, you're kind of going over the mean. top. And so you need to, you know, go take a cold shower or whatever. And then number three is, depending on the child's developmental age, come up with different consequences that make sense. Uh, We can download our app for different tools and resources of how to do that. Very young children like things that are very tangible, like we said with the cotton bollocks uh, or tokens or stickers or something like that so that they can see when they're older and they have more autonomy, then it's important for us to involve them in that process. Mm. That wraps up our episode today of The Struggle is Real. Thank you again for joining us, Sergeant. You're welcome. I just want to say uh, again thank you Sergeant uh, Arturo and your wife Elizabeth for your service and all the uh, men and women who serve this country thank you so much for everything that you guys do for us absolutely definitely additional resources are available at familybridgesusa.org that is correct and you can also follow us back on social media with the hashtag the struggle is real or simply hashtag TSIR was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.